the promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Three minutes after 12, and uh, we've already had some illumination and elucidation on the programme this morning, but now it becomes our very purpose for being here at all. It is Mystery Hour, your weekly opportunity to get an answer to any question at all that has had you befuddled thus far in life. It's the radio equivalent, if you're not familiar with this part of the show. It's the radio equivalent of those newspaper columns. Uh, notes and queries, I think, in the Guardian, Q&A in the Mail. So if the Guardian and the Mail can agree that this is worthwhile, uh, there's not an awful lot of uh, ground left to cover, is there, in the... <laughs> outlook of the relative readership of those two papers so what you do if you've got a who or a why or a what or a where or a when or a whither or a whence you ring 0845 and ask your question why do we do that where does that come from what is that etc etc and if you hear a question being posed to which you happen to know the answer already without reference to anything else you know the answer already the knowledge is contained within your cranium as we speak, then you have to ring me and tell me on 0845 You also have to tell me what your qualifications are, by which I don't mean I've got seven GCSEs in baby washing. I mean, oh, well, funnily enough, James, when I was in Egypt, we went into that pyramid and I asked the tour guide why they did that. And it turns out that honey is the only food stuff in the world that never perished. You see what I mean? So your qualifications could simply be watching telly or it could be a PhD in astrophysics. I just need to know how you know what you know. 0845 So for the other 14 hours of the week, I need to know why you think what you think. <laughs> And for this hour, I need to know why you know what you know. I've never thought of it in those terms before. It gets very busy. Uh, the phone lines will be full by now. I don't even need to look at the switchboard because it's Thursday and it's five past twelve. But we turn them over incredibly quickly. So if you don't get through at first, try again. Judicious use of redial is the secret of Mystery Hour involvement. And we don't just turn over the people that we talk to. There are reasons why, if you do ring in, you may not get on air. And those include dullness and repetition if you ask a question which we have dealt with relatively recently or to which i can remember the answer you probably won't get on but you would be encouraged to go and look at lbc.co.uk where there's a rather wonderful mystery hour archive and similarly if it's a question which we don't feel many other people would be interested in the answer to the classic example of that from the mists of time would be what's the fifth exit for on a specific roundabout somewhere in Essex and obviously if you drive past that roundabout every day you're fascinated to know what's down the fifth exit that you're not allowed to go down but nobody else cares so dullness and repetition in fact oddly speaking of roads if it's to do with motoring it's going to be leaning for me my decision is final more towards dullness than almost any other subject 0845 973 is the number to call I think we should just crack on. Any questions at the back? Are we all clear? This is like the beginning of University Challenge. Oh, right, you all know the rules. Let's crack on. Guy's in Denmark Hill. Guy, what's your question? Oh, hello, James. How are you? Very well, mate. What's on your mind? Good. Well, I drive over it most days of my life, uh, the River Thames. Yes. And uh, at low tide, I've often wondered, could if there wasn't a current, could you walk across it? So, really, I'm wondering, how deep is it at low tide? And the maximum depth, say, between London Bridge and Tower Bridge. Oh, you, don't ask for, there. you don't ask for much, do you? So you want that, that little bit of, of river down there between London Bridge and Tower Bridge? 
Well, yeah, sort of where it goes through the centre yeah, of London, really. But yeah, I don't. I mean, I wonder this in Chiswick, where I live, actually, it's sort of much further west yeah. than where you're referring to, when the tide's gone right, right out, and uh, yeah. the centre of the river is really remarkably narrow. You yeah. wonder whether you could just hot-foot it to the other side, or at least to the island in the middle near where I live. Oliver's Island, it's called, after Cromwell. Um, it's not, to be fair, Guy, I don't want to encourage dangerous behaviour among my <laughs> listenership, but yeah. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been that hard to find out. Well, I'd just a pair, of stout, a pair of stout Wellington boots, perhaps? Yeah, well... Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So, so yeah, Yeah. I like that, and we'll we'll take as much of the Thames as the answerer can give. Uh, I mean, the the overall question of whether you can ever walk from one side to the other, uh, let's say, take an average height of what six foot. uh, uh, How far up you it would be? How deep is it at its shallowest point when the tide is out? And and how much does it differ from one end of the Thames to the other? I love the Thames. Uh, Andre's in East Sheen. Andre, question or answer? Hello, Sir James. Nice to, to talk to you again. Likewise, Andre. What can I do for um, you today? I'm hoping maybe there's a professor of psychology that could perhaps help me out. Uh, you might be surprised. I could probably do it. Mm, well, we hope so. Um, I'm a great sort of lover of music. Yes. And over the period of sort of years, we sort of have great composers, just Donizetti, Mozart, Puccini, Verdi. Beethoven. Why don't we have any women oh, composers? Wow. Wow. I actually know the answer to this. They're all men, aren't they? They are, yeah. I mean, I can't name a female. There will be some, but... Uh, it, it well, isn't... there was there was one, I think. That well, there's been more than one. I mean, I, you, people write songs, don't they? Madonna's a composer, arguably. Charlotte. Is there something sort of psychology? No, it's, it's that... fingernails, isn't it? It just makes you wonder. No, it's, fi- it's, finger- it's fingernails. Girls, girls can't have long fingernails and play the harpsichord or the piano or the organ or the or, or string instruments. And they've decided over the years that they'd rather have nice manicured long fingernails than be internationally renowned musical composers. Well, it must come from the psyche. No, it's finger, it's finger, it's fingernails, fingernails. Have you ever seen a woman? Have you ever seen a woman with long fingernails trying to play the piano? I've seen women with long fingernails trying to scratch somebody, yes. Yeah, but not trying (laughs) to play the piano. So good for scratching, bad for composing. So do you think that's a fair question? Mm, I do, and I don't think I'm really treating it with the respect it deserves, Andre. And you can't answer it, obviously, Uh, no. Well, you mean you're not buying the fingernail theory? <laughs> I think that's the response that my intervention demanded. Why are there no famous, or what? Indeed, if you bring in a name one or two, why is the imbalance so immense? And it, it holds true for the twentieth century as well. So it, it can't simply be explained in terms of historical context, where uh, women didn't work in the traditional or the conventional sense outside of the house for hundreds of years. So it holds true in the twentieth century as well. There, there will be a couple. I'm surprised I haven't got any. On the tip of my tongue, actually, and be able to think of some. I can think of popular music composers, but in terms of classical music composers, why no women? And if you can name one or two, why so few? Oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Andre, are you still there? Is he gone? That's a brilliant question, Andre. I'm sorry for for playing fast and loose with it. I should have made that clear at the outset. I hope you can still hear me. I presume you can. Otherwise, you're never going to know the answer to your question. John's in Croydon. John, question or answer? Uh, question. Yes. <laughs> Right. Uh, China, mm. which is approximately the same width across as the USA, has only one time zone, whereas the latter has three. Does it? Does China only have one time zone? To my understanding, yeah. 
I'm on a scale of one to ten, how certain are you of this? I'm not queering. Very, extraordinarily so. Oh, because so my 11. girlfriend's boyfriend, my girlfriend's uh, son, yeah. who is uh, studying Chinese and Arabic also, yeah. uh, is uh, currently in China, and he remarked on the same thing. And uh, discussing it with my girlfriend, Snezhna, I couldn't... Do you get, do you get brownie points for slipping... Out, so come on. Do you get brownie <laughs> points for getting her name on air there, John? Is that... Is that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah you know. good. No, I'm glad to hear it. Fair play to you, mate. Seriously. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I, uh, I'll find out. I, I, I didn't know that. That's the only reason I was clarifying. Is it, it's not something I've ever heard before. So three time zones in USA, a country that is probably smaller in, in just sheer statistical terms than China, if not comparable. Similar width, uh, John tells us. Well, only one time zone. Why is that? 08456060973. Why aren't there any female classical composers? 08456060973. To which an answer is not, there is one. If, if, if you know some, then the question becomes, why are there so few? And how shallow is the Thames, or how deep is the Thames at its shallowest point? When tide is out, could Guy and I walk hand in hand from the South Bank to the North Bank at any point on the course of the river through the town that we call home? Uh, where am I going next? Who's been waiting? Uh, Sagan's in Bounds Green. Sagan, question or answer? Question. Come on, then. Right. Uh, you know when someone says... Uh um, that James, that James O'Brien, he's got that presenting lock down to a T. They never, they never stop saying that in my experience. <laughs> I can't put my head out the door without someone saying it. But yes, I do. The figure of speech down to a T or mm. off to a T. Yeah, what does the T stand for? Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. How long have you been wondering about it? Oh, about two weeks, because yeah. I was sitting, sitting down watching TV with my son. Yeah, and then and, popped uh, up. You know, well, can I say... Well, it was a, an advert. Yeah, Tom, Thompson's, and they use it for their sort of slogan. No, of course you can, mate. You can say. And um, they've got holidays down to a T. Down to a T. Down to a T. The T for Thompson's, but the actual phrase and the T. What does the T stand for? Yeah, I like that a lot, and I, I, I haven't got a clue. I just I'd normally I'd have a crack at that. I quite like the phrase and fable questions, but that one's got me completely banjaxed. Down to a T. Oh eight four five six oh six oh. Nine seven three. Colin is in Maidenhead. Uh, question or answer, Colin? It's a question, actually, James. Good. Uh, I uh, and, and first, can I just say uh, I think you are certainly my favourite LBC presenter. I've been listening for years and uh, uh, finally summoned up the courage to call you today because I have a question that's been bugging me for um, several years now, oh. uh, and I keep meaning to Google it and never get round to it. <laughs> and I uh, suddenly realised that this would be a perfect opportunity to wear it. Go on then. What is it? Um, I go to the States quite often on business. Yeah. And, uh, and when I'm over there, uh, obviously I'm, I'm using American currency. Uh, and what's occurred to me is that all of their banknotes are exactly the same size. So yeah. the $1 bill is exactly the same size as the $100 bill. Now, I know that blind people in the UK, uh, when they're paying, they can tell the note, the denomination of the note they're using by the size of the note. In the States, that wouldn't apply. And I've examined the banknotes, felt them for Braille, tried to find if there's any ridges or, or any sort of telltale markings that, that are, you know, that, that are touch detectable. And I can't find one. And none of the Americans I've asked seem to know. So either America is the most trusting nation in the world where blind people will simply take your word. For, uh, for the note that you're proffering. Or, or there's something uh, that you and I aren't aware or, or, of. Or there's something that I'm missing somewhere. Mm. Presumably, uh, if, you, if you rubbed your finger over the notes, they'd feel different. But we don't want presumably, we want definitive, don't we? 
yeah, well, I've tried that. Uh, you um, know, the, the fabric feels the same, uh, and I'm unable to detect any any difference at all. That, that I, I did, this, this question rings a bell with me, but I'm afraid I haven't got an answer, so we'll leave it on the board and see what we can do. Colin, thank you for your kind words as well, mate. I, I do appreciate it. It's 12.15, you're listening to LBC 97.3. Uh, I mean it. I, just judicious use of read. I know how frustrating it can be if you want to get involved. Especially oddly, people get more frustrated if they've got an answer and they can't get through sometimes than, than you do if you've got a question. But it, it is. there's nothing else we can do. There's a finite number of phone lines into the building. When they're full, they're full. But yeah, I've just said goodbye to Colin, so you could have grabbed that one. It's 12.15. The promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. 18 minutes after 12, just throw back to the last hour when we discussed the decision of a court in Cologne to adjudge circumcision on non-medical grounds as grievous bodily harm. Abu in West Ealing's a little late to the party, but I wanted to share this text with you because it... Uh, well, it, it took me by surprise. James, I'm sure that you cut your fingernails as well as cutting your hair, don't you? Circumcision is not anything more than that. That's an astonishing revelation, Abu. I'd always presumed it was a one-off circumcision. I didn't realise you had to have it redone every fortnight. Andrew is in Islington. Andrew, question or answer? It's a question. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> slight background. My wife has um, red hair. Mm-hmm. I have dark hair. Our daughter has got this wonderful combination of sort of light and dark oh, all sorts of different colours yes. anyway she's six and I took her swimming yes. as I do every week on a Wednesday <laughs> and she said on, on the way back dad why does my hair go darker when it's wet oh I like that and uh, I've, I've posed these kids questions to you before and I, I, I don't know what to do with them how do you explain no, your your child your charade your facade of omniscience is getting shakier by the week isn't it Andrew it, it is <laughs> It is, but no, my eight-year-old son did one a few weeks back, which he nicely answered for me eventually. Well, let's hope we when can. Listen to this. <laughs> what do you mean eventually? We move as fast as we can. <laughs> Everyone's a critic. Let's see if we can do similar service for your daughter. It's obviously to do with light, but I can't add any more than that. Oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Let's have a quick recap because we're getting bombarded with questions. We need some answers to these. Uh, what, can can you walk across the Thames anywhere? If so, where? Why no, or indeed so few, female classical composers? Why does China only have one time zone when the United States of America has three or more? The origin of the phrase down to a T, I like that one. How do blind people tell banknotes apart in the United States? And why is wet hair darker than dry hair? Dean's in Romford. Dean, question or answer? It's an answer, mate. Come on, then. Um, It's regarding the um, how do blind people tell the difference between the American money? Oh, yeah. Um... They basically, they fold it up into different shapes, so when they're pulling it out of their wallet or their pocket or purse, they're able to tell the denomination of the note by the shape that they folded it into. So they have to trust the person that gave it to them in the first place? But, what, no, they, get them, they obviously get them square, and then they'll, uh, they'll fold it. No, but, but if I, because I could fold it, I mean, what, how do you fold a hundred? You'll fold it into, you know, you'll fold the Yeah, you see, uh, all right, here's $500 already folded for you, and I've given you five bucks. You, so how... Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't mean to frighten you off. Oh, no, I feel terrible now. Will you phone him back and say sorry? I'm just thinking out loud. Craig's in Hainault. Craig, question or answer? Yeah, just a quick question. Go on. Um, talcum powder that we use, you know, or some people use, you know, get out of the shower and so on. Mm. I always wonder where it actually geographically comes from. Is it, is, is it dug out the ground? Yes. Is it from rocks? Yes. You ask people, and they say, well, it's like, it's like chalk, isn't it? I yes. know you get chalk pits, but I've never heard of a talcum powder pit. And... 
Um, no, but I, I, I mean, that, that's the part of the world where you live in. They don't dig much marble out of the ground in Hainault either, do they? Well, no. No, but yeah, talc is just another no. rock that is, that, is, that is mined or quarried for its commercial purposes. But geographically, where did it, where? Well, you're not really allowed two questions. Well, it's the same one, isn't it? Where's it come from? Uh, isn't there, is there a city of talc? A city called talc somewhere? Well. The town of talc, perhaps? Or talc <laughs> county? I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> talcum is a stone. Nice. Talcum it's is a stone. Nice over there. It's, it's quite nice smelling talc. I will. <laughs> yes, I, I will. Um, I, I, I'll let you. I'll, I'll leave it there. I'll, all right then. I mean, where where is talcum quarried? Is is what your question is? Yeah, basically. Yeah, you're quite lucky that I'm going to let that one through. To be honest with you, Craig. But I, but I will. I think it's like, you know you've, you've paid me the compliment of ringing in. I yeah. frightened off the last bloke with my quibbling and pedantry, so I think in order to make up for that, I'm going to let this stand, even though, sort of strictly speaking, that wasn't your original question. All right. All right? Yeah. All right. Shall I go now? Yeah, all right. See. Bye. Mind, there you go. Israel's in Peckham, which I know you've rung before, and I know this joke is made every time you do, is clearly not geographically accurate. But carry on, Israel. <laughs> Is this going to be my fourth round of applause? I, can't, you, I just every time I see that on the switchboard, I'm, it makes I'm, I'm, me chuckle. I'm on the records. I should be on the records now. No, don't be, be ridiculous. I'm, Professor Howell's got the record. He had about thirty rounds of applause. Oh, uh, okay. Well, but within a short minimum amount of time that I've been calling. Come I'm on, sure, then. Come I'm on. Sure, get on I'm with sure less I'm of the autobiography, <laughs> more of the answers, please. <laughs> okay. It's the answer to the T square. Yes. Uh, well, to the T. Don't down to a T. Basically, it comes from uh, the T square. T square is something that. Uh, uh, carpenters use it, uh, architectures use it to uh, draw up straight lines and uh, uh, angles. So when they say it's got it down to a T, it's because a T-square allows you to be able to measure a perfect angle. That sounds quite persuasive. Oddly, we have an alternative answer. Stay where you are. Oh, oh, God, oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Press, pressure's on now after oh, you. See, that's what happens I'll when you big, your, <laughs> big yourself up. The more you big yourself up, the more likely you are to be exposed to, to potential ridicule, <laughs> although that does sound persuasive to me. Robert's okay. in Wimbledon. Robert, what have you got? Yes, forget Flash Gordon before this. <laughs> um, I've got a better answer for you, and it's coming straight from the grave. Um, my father worked for Lions Tetley for 35 years. It comes from when we used to import tea. Tea, as you know, is made up from different blends. The tasters would blend the tea. The head taster would be brought in in a carriage. He would taste the tea and say, this is down to a tea. This is what we'll sell as a product. To the I, my, my, my instincts, Robert. Yeah. My instincts lie with Israel on this one. No, you can't keep <laughs> taking this, what this guy says for gospel he's, he's on the payroll that, well, tea i mean a cup of tea down yeah, to a tea it's tea, all about yeah, a cup it just doesn't sound as uh no abbreviation abbreviation I'm to not, tea i don't i don't i just down to a tea it's it's so obvious yeah a t-square yeah no, t square. no <laughs> forget t square. maybe they stirred it with a t-square but it originates from tea i i i, I, I don't, can, can you i mean you cite your late father israel cites irrefutable geometric fact has he got any qualifications? Yes. He's he a carpenter. A he's, a, he's a carpenter, <laughs> and he's got a bag of gymnastics award oh, for. carpenter. All oh, right. Barry Buckner, we have a This is a T-square, mate. What oh, do you right. want okay. him to be? Well, a racing okay. driver? Prove it. Where is he? Peckham? Yeah. Why well, in Wimbledon, right? Yeah, if you want to know what the weather's like, just turn the telly on. Not <laughs> 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 Covering a lot of ground today. I, I, I'm left... I don't know. What do we think? I'll just have a quick stewards inquiry in the studio. We're going to give the round of applause to Israel on this one. 
with the caveat that if Robert, in the unlikely event of Robert turning out to be true, then, uh... uh was that for me? Yeah, no, that was for Israel, mate, sorry. Oh, you're joking. No, but I'm not. <laughs> De- deadly serious. What deadly serious. Uh, all right, I'll give you that thing Nicholas Parsons does. The audience enjoyed your intervention, Robert, so you can have half a round of applause. Ooh, that was well over half. You can tell we got a new boy on the buttons. Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three is the number to call. I'm taking that one. Uh, banknotes. I, I feel, still feel bad about it. It's odd, you know. When I'm deliberately having a scrap with someone, I don't feel bad at all if they run off. But when I did it entirely by accident, unless the phone line went down, I'm sorry, mate. I really sure you're right that some blind people will fold their banknotes in that way. But I just don't have. I still don't know for sure. How a blind person in America knows the difference in denominations between banknotes. Uh, Carl's in Pearly. Carl, question or answer? Question. Yes. Morning, morning, by the way. Thank you. <coughs> um, why, does a, why does a damp cloth that's been wrung out pick up more liquid than a brand new dry cloth? If you think of a chamois leather or a J cloth. Yeah. I don't know. I've asked a lot of people that and they, they come up with different answers that yeah. I can't ask. A damp cloth that's been wrung out. Imagine a chamois. No, I know, I know, I know. I, I, the thing <laughs> is, I, I'm still very conscious of that fella who hung up on me. I, I, but this is quite dull. Hmm? It's quite a dull question. Quite. Well, is it or isn't it? That's what I'm trying to wrestle with, Carl. I, I mean, do you think that everybody listening to this is going to be going, oh, yeah, or do you think they're going to be going, oh, blimey? Probably saying, oh, no, not him again. <laughs> well, it's on the board now. The, the judge's decision is final, and the judge judged that to be interesting. I'm minded to disagree. Diego is in Collier's Wood. Quest- Hello. Diego, question or answer? Well, I've got a question. Um, basically, I've been listening to you guys for a while, and every single time I listen to travel update, I think, I wonder, has there ever been a travel update uh, during business hours, Monday to Friday, which had, had absolutely nothing to report. <laughs> and then I keep asking this question every single time. And I was like, well, I always want to ask a question to Mr. Hours. Yes. I'll call you and I'll ask you. No, well, you have. Yeah, so if I, I don't know, I guess somebody from LBC will have to answer. Well, J. Louise Knight is in, is in the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre. Should we ask her? Yeah, perfect, easy. Jay, are you there? I am indeed, That's yes. incredible, isn't it? <laughs> Seriously, it's like <laughs> clockwork. J. Louise, uh, have you ever, when we come to you on the quarters and the hours for the latest travel news, have you ever reported that there's absolutely nothing to report? I have, and quite often, and it's usually on a bank holiday Monday morning. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, but that's the question. Has it ever been one during business hours? Oh, get out! Get out! <laughs> Diego, mate! You don't get two questions. Exactly. I mean, has that... No, there, there, there was a question. There was a question. You did say like, Monday oh, to Friday. Uh, but, but, but have you ever done it on a non-bank holiday? Has there ever been a... Can you remember? No, there's always roadworks. You'd think there'd always yeah. be something, but or a major... Yeah. J-, J. Louise, great work. Who gets the round of applause? I suppose J. Louise gets the round of applause. <laughs> oh, hang on. Well, what, J-, J, what are your qualifications? Um, traffic and travel <laughs> reporter. How's that? That'll do nicely. <laughs> Great stuff, Diego. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. 0845 is the number to call if you want to get involved. Uh, Ian's in Tunbridge. Ian, question or answer? It's a, it's a question, James. Go on, mate. Um, I've been camping now for quite a few years, and uh, in our unit we've got a fridge. And yeah. It's what they call a three-way fridge. It'll run on 12 volt, 240 volt, and gas, colour gas. Yeah. And it actually burns gas. You can see a pilot light in there. Yeah. How on earth can a fridge call its contents if it's burning something hot? It doesn't make sense. Oh, it does. 
if you think of it as an, uh, an engine that creates coldness and the gas is the fuel that runs the engine. How can heat create cold? Well, it's, it's, it's the same as creating heat. It's, it's a device that lowers the temperature, but it needs to be powered. No, it doesn't run a pump. No, it, it, it runs an air. element. It runs an element that can be colder than room temperature or more... Or, or hotter than room temperature, but it needs power to... to well, you're clearly not going to take my answer, and frankly, I wouldn't either, but I wouldn't be surprised if I've nudged it in the right direction. Ian, take care. You're listening to James O'Brien on LBC 97.3. The time now is 12.30. Dan Whitehead is here with the headlines. Thank you, James. The Eden. Available on Sky and Virgin. The promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Uh, 33 minutes after 12, it was slightly unnerves me, that. Um, I, a couple of nice texts, just because I can. James, it's truly a pleasure to be alive on a Thursday between 12 and 1. Thank God for your reasoning, logic and humour. Well, thank you very much. Although I always take that as a veiled compliment. I am here for 15 hours a week, not just one. And I think my logic, uh, reasoning and humour are evident for the entire duration of every show, 10 till 1, weekdays. LBC 97.3. Wendy's in Seven Oaks. Wendy, back to Mystery Hour. Do you have a question or an answer for me? Um, an answer, James. M- Marvellous. What is it? <laughs> um, is, the, is the question in relation to the time, different, uh, the time zones yes. in China um, and the States. Yes, yeah, so um, sort of the, the, re- to people who didn't hear the question, similarly sized land masses or similarly uh, uh, wide land masses. America has several time zones. China apparently has just the one. Um, well, China used to have different time zones, but um, the government, I'm not sure how long ago, but they actually simplified the time zone to improve the efficiency of um, travelling or in the trains and the, the sort of internal um, transportation. Oh, I see. Probably so pe- post, post-revolution. Sounds yes, like the sort uh, of thing uh, Mao Zedong might have done, a sort of uniformity of, of nationhood. Yes. So and just ensure people get to meetings on time and able, and also just easy also for the train yeah, operators. I don't, I don't know how <laughs> reasonable that is. I, I don't, one doesn't hear of many instances in America where people have been confused by the changing time zones, but, no. then, but then one wouldn't. So it's perfectly plausible that they have been, isn't it? Given yeah. that we can sometimes forget to put our clocks back and forward and get confused as a result mm. of that. It's a lovely answer. What are your qualifications, Wendy? Oh, well, I am Chinese, and also I've just learnt it from my travelling, um, when I was travelling around China. Fair enough. That sounds pretty... Wow! <laughs> even took me by surprise. <laughs> Brilliant. That's, that's, that's all yours now. You don't even have to share it. Wendy, thank you very much <laughs> indeed. It's a lovely answer. 12.35. Philip's in Cuffley. Philip, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Go on. It's about the hair. Why it changes colour when it's wet. Yeah. The hair, when you look at it under a microscope, looks a bit like a pine cone when mm. it's dry. Mm. When it becomes wet, those scales lie flat. So instead of reflecting the light, you get a uniform colour of uh, sort of spectrum coming from it. So it's lighter when it's dry because of internal reflection. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, 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 you're going to get a round of applause, but you're going to have to share it with Wayne in Basildon. <laughs> no worries. Because he apparently rang in many years ago with this answer to this question, and he's a bit, a bit funny like that. He won't forget, he won't. and, and he, he, he's going to get, he's going to get the hump if I don't give him a shout. All right? Okay, that's fair enough. So Thank you're you. sharing this with Wayne Phillips. Thank you for being so generous and for in, indulging his. Uh, <laughs> 
it's a slightly Darth Vader sounding feedback on that call. Sometimes I get the urge to play with it. If someone rings in and, and my voice is doing weird things in the background because of the combinations of technologies that they're employing to talk to me, I sometimes want to play with it. Like my four-year-old's got this loud hailer, and depending on what button you press, it does different things to your voice. I could play with it for hours. Gareth, is it Newham? Gareth, question or answer? Hi, James. Answer. Marvellous. What have you got? Well, sort of an answer. Um, oh. I've just been told. Um, it's on the money. Uh, yeah. America, the, the bills. Um, basically, they don't have a solution. They don't... They, there's only, the only way that they can figure out what the bills are, apart from trusting somebody, yeah. is by using a little device that reads the bills and, and tells them what it is. Um, the size of an iPhone, it costs about £200. Really? And, the, and what they do then is there's a little, uh, little key ring which is like a like a like a bus con- you know the the, the bus conductor with the yeah. stamp that they use but what it does it doesn't actually punch a hole in it just raises the uh, the material so that it creates like at one dot or three dots or five dots depending on on what note it is right okay how do you know this I work for an optician. Oh, okay, blimey, coming at it from the sort of, uh, the, from the eye angle rather than the bank or the American angle. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's well, basically, even, it's the same, the same for older people it's who, a, you know... Of course it is, and, and, and so there's nothing on the note itself that can you be used to distinguish them in the dark? No, they, in America specifically, they, um, apparently they need to physically use this device to make the little indents, um, but other countries, um, well, I know for a fact South Africa have the little dots printed on there already. Fine. Um, I'm going to ask you to share your round of applause with the fellow whose name eludes me that I frightened off with his folding answer. Oh, that's all right. Do you mind? Because he was obviously no, right. Obviously, blind people so will he, employ sort of low-level origami yeah. in their wallets to, to determine what note, so they know what it is. But, of course, yeah. in answer to the question of how they'd know in the first place what it is, he, 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 he got a bit no, unnerved. The only way they would know is if they go and spend the money to buy one of these little money machines, or, or they have someone they can trust absolutely implicitly. Somebody, yeah. uh, for example, a bank worker. You, you know, you kind of have to take. Oh no, it's probably not the best day to be appealing yeah, to the integrity that. and honesty of bank workers. <laughs> not that the people involved in the Barclays scandal would have been anywhere near ordinary customers. Gareth and other fellow, this is for you. John's in West Sussex. John, question or answer? I have an answer to your fridge question. The fridge question is, how can gas, this is for a, a camper, a camping fridge, but some people had gas fridges in their homes, how can gas be burnt to create coldness? How can you create coldness by creating heat? Well, first of all, the, the reason why they use um, those sort of fridges and, and freezers in motorhomes and executive fridges and freezers as well is because they're silent. There's no compressor involved. Oh, OK, yeah. So they don't keep you awake at night when you're sleeping next to a fridge. Makes perfect sense. So, yeah. Now, the heat comes from either an element 240 or an element 12 volts or gas burner. Now, that burner heats the lower part of a cooling unit, which is a self-contained unit full of a mixture of hydrogen and um, sulfur. Oh, I can't think of the other one. It's a few chemical mixtures. Yeah, don't worry. I mean, the details. Yeah, it's not, I don't want to go too deep. Uh, sure. Basically, the, the, the liquid boils up and um, ro- goes through the cooling unit, and when it rises through the top part of the cooling unit, it draws the heat away from the fridge area, creating a very cold area, and then that drops down back to the bottom of the cooling unit once it's colder again, and then it heats up again, and it's basically a self-contained system where it can peak, it just keeps going round and round and round, drawing heat away from the fridge area. Yeah, so the um, heat. So I, I, I shouldn't have used the word engine then, should I? But it's, it's no. A, it's but a, you were basically on the right, right sort of 
ballpark, as it were. Yeah. So it's the opposite. It's, it's the opposite of an exothermic chemical reaction. Yes. Yeah. It's completely self-contained. It's like a. It's like a chemical engine, really. Yes. But using chemical reactions and boiling points and things like that. With heat as the catalyst. Yes, basically. I think I've now used up all the words I know from chemistry GCSE. No, nothing to do with osmosis. What about meniscus? No, never heard of that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, I think that's the saucer shape at the top of a, a test tube full of liquid or a bowl full of, you know how it kind of inverts at the top like a contact lens? I thought that was concave. No, that, yeah, that's the description of the shape, but the meniscus is yeah. the actual item of, I don't know oh, quite right, how yeah. that happened, John, because all you want is this. Well, hang on, oh. whoa, 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 get, get, back, get back in the box. <laughs> what are your qualifications? Um, until recently, the company that I run, we used to repair fridge freezers in motorhomes and campers until we moved into other industries. Fair enough. That'll do nicely. This is indeed for you. I <laughs> only really have given him the bit that was left there, Joey. It's a, it's sort of, he's ended up with two rounds of applause. Jones, the engineer, is off today, as you've probably worked out. Darren is in Bognor Regis. Darren, question or answer? Answer for you, James. Carry on, mate. Uh, on the talc, the talc main ingredient is hydrated magnesium. Um, and the main place they get that from is uh, Australia all around China, Asia around that side of the, the, the world. Oh, yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's just manufactured and different ingredients like zinc oxide and other bits and pieces. Ah. Uh, so well, yeah, so uh, it's, just, it's just chemistry set stuff. It's got nothing to do with the ground and quarries. That's it. It's just, that's all it is. That's all it is. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, who discovered it then? Past, I don't know. No, but it must that have been dug know. out of the ground. There's no way anyone's <laughs> thought, oh, I've got a bit of magnesium and a bit of zinc and a bit of this and a bit of that. I'm going to oxidise them all, mix it all together, grind <laughs> it down and make something to sprinkle on my parts when I get out of the bath. Well, that's the main... I mean, people add different stuff to it now. Like, obviously, they've developed it more in time and things like that. Well, um, but that is... The, that was the actual... The basics of talcum powder. And today, most... 90% of it still is. <laughs> Qualifications? I used to be the research and development scientist for the body shop in Littlehampton. Ooh, that's pretty powerful qualifications. I've got, I've got an alternative answer, and, and your qualifications have added credibility to your claims, but the claims themselves... Jonathan's in High Wycombe. Jonathan, what have you got? Well, I'm sorry. I was brought up in a clay mining village called Nanpian in Cornwall, where they, where they uh, mine decomposed granite, which is called English China clay. Kaolin? A roofing mixture. Yeah. There's an old mixture they used to use for kaolin. That's clever, James. Thank you very old. much. Thank you, Carol. Get in. And um, they make all sorts of things. They blasted out of the decomposing granite with monotroses, huge rocks, because at one time, Cornwall and Devon was a huge mountain range, and the mountains eventually pressured down, which is why you got uh, Bodmin Moor and Dartmoor, and they became the fine grey China glaze you get from Cornwall is used in talcum powder, toothpaste, Royal Copenhagen pottery, uh, fine grade paper, anything like that. With paper, they fill in the rags of the paper with the China clay and wash it across. And unfortunately, the the newspaper industry's slight demise has been the demise of the clay industry. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. And that and and we're a hundred percent sure that talcum powder is one of the side yes. products, one yes. of the byproducts. It, of the- if uh, that scientist, who I don't disagree, they add other things to it also, goes to a museum in Cornwall, yes. it's near to North or China Clay, we are marketing China Clay Museum, you'll see talcum powder and the byproducts from China Clay there also. And the history, I owe to A.L. Rouse, so I used to deliver meat to him when I was a butcher, and he told me about it also. A.L. Rouse, the, the historian and writer? Yeah, 
Yost did ever meet him when I was a British boy? You ever covered, such a nice covering time. a lot of ground there, Jonathan. Darren. Sorry. No, stay there. Yeah. Go on, Darren. Well, that's, I mean, so that's obviously one of the ingredients that goes into it because yeah. if you get talc and powder wet, it will turn light to a clay substance. So you're both yeah. right. So, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's... So did you give me the chemical, you, you gave me the chemical composition of the kaolin? I, 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 that makes sense to me, Jonathan. Is this? Does this sound like double bubble? Can you, or, 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 yeah, yeah, I would be prepared to take half of the because I'm very gracious that way. But but I think china clay is the basic ingredient. Uh, Kaylin, I'm not sure the chemical, but it's more to do with silica. It's a silica. Uh, it, I, I tell you, clay. I'm going to give you two thirds of the coming round of applause, Darren. Yes. Darren, I'm yes. giving you what I'm giving you one third of it. Thirty three point three recurring percent. Quick, before I'm we have a fight, give him a round of applause. Just sort it out between yourself, gentlemen. It's twelve forty five. I've got travel news to go to. Jay Louise Knight is still in the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre. Thank you. I'm still over the moon about my uh, round of applause, <laughs> actually. Long queues on all approach. The promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. 12.48. Ten and a bit minutes left to get answers to the question still on the board. Can you walk across the Thames anywhere at low tide? If so, where? Uh, why no female composers? Or indeed, why so few? The question about wet cloths being more absorbent than bone-dry cloths. And uh, I suppose I should also keep a phone line free for uh, uh, challenges to some of the questions or answers that have gone before. Uh, otherwise, you'd probably be able to squeeze a question in if you're really quick before close of play today. And I do actually, for the first time since 12 noon, have a couple of phone lines free. So if you think you've got a cracker that will be answerable, 0845 Three is the number to call. Stephen is in Reading. Stephen, question or answer? Oh, it's a challenge to one answer, uh, James. Oh, good. Go on. It's down to a T. Yes. Um, now, um, I've got no qualification for this, but lo- uh, and I'm getting on a bit, but a long time ago when I was at school, yeah. um, this is something that came up. Down to a T, and T is actually T-E-E. It's actually a biblical term, uh, and the word is actually title or title, which is T-I-T-T or T-I-T-L-E. Not can't quite remember how to spell it. And basically, that is, it's a finite particle, and that's what the down to the T is. It's the, down the, to smallest, the smallest discernible smallest something. Yep. I, I think you're right, actually. I've had so many emails and texts, which obviously I never read out, because this is Mystery Hour and they're banned, but I've had so many emails and texts making this point. I don't, uh, c- coming from Latin, I, I, most of them say rather than the Bible, but that's a mere detail. And it became sort of the word tittle became common in, in English in the 17th century. So I'm going to have to That's take. Right. I'm going yep. to take that round of applause back from Israel, in Peckham, and I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'd also like to welcome you to my club of pedantry. <laughs> Thanks a lot, James. I listen to your show all the time. Great work, Stephen. Thank you, mate. Twelve fifty oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. Peter's in Enfield. Peter. Yes, got an answer to women composers. Oh, good. That was my favourite question today, I think. Go on. Okay, uh, it was on a documentary on the radio this year. Mm. Uh, essentially... Are you, are, you, are, you, are you suggesting that you, that you listen to other radio stations? Only for historical facts. Carry on, carry on, that's fine. Uh, it 
had to do with um, support, financial support and patronage. So women were frowned on doing anything that a, 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 was seen as a manly pursuit, being a doctor, being a composer, being somebody like that. There is a notable woman who managed to have some work uh, performed, but then she was from a rich family and had her own money. Oh, of course. So a female couldn't get an orchestra to play anything she composed because it was unseemly. And, of course, that meant that she could never get any recognition uh, or improve what she actually composed. That is pretty powerful. It, it, I was going to talk about how we no longer live in those eras, but most of us would struggle to name many male composers from the last 30 or 40 years. I, I sort of Benjamin Britten and Edward Elgar, uh, and then you're left with your modernists like John Cage, all of whom are men. But you couldn't, I couldn't name a traditional classical composer apart from uh, the fellow married to the woman that used to be in Bread. Carl Davis. Uh, he is a modern classical composer, like Paul McCartney, but equally, you, you you can't name the men, so that doesn't necessarily make it interesting that you can't name any women either. That's a lovely answer, and, and uh, albeit a sort of shaded advert for one of our so-called rivals. Now, I can add to it. Are you interested, Peter? Yes. We have Hildegard von Bingen, 12th century German, so she was probably a nun, and she would have therefore been exempt from the social conditions that you describe and free to write choral music or or classical music. Uh, Clara Schumann, she wrote her own stuff. Wife or sister of, of, of the bloke, shoot the other Schumann. And I, I wonder whether Fanny Mendelssohn Hensel is the same as well. My thanks to Karen for her lovely email in which she listed some of these. But of course, their existence doesn't disprove their uh, misrepresentation, underrepresentation on the bigger field. So, in terms of psychology, which is what the original questioner asked, they. There is no earthly reason why there shouldn't have been more classical female composers. It's all about social conditioning and context. And money. And money. It's all about the Benjamins. Great work, Peter. You're a bit premature with that applause, Joe. Wait for the signal. Andy's in Chiswick. Andy, question or answer? Uh, answer. Carry on. Um, walking across the river, walking across the Thames. Yes. At Chiswick, you certainly can. You, you refer to Oliver's Island, mm. whether you could walk out to there or not. Uh, you can for sure. I've done it. <laughs> but, can, but can you then walk across the other side of it to the other bank? I, I don't. Because it's know deeper. You, you walked from the Bull's Head, did you? No, no. I went from City Barge. Oh, um, the other pub. A, That's the next pub down. For those not familiar with this particular stretch of the river, I don't know why I knew that a pub would be your starting point. There's <laughs> also, a, or there used to be, a tunnel um, that runs That's from the City Barge. No, it's the from river. the Bull's Head. No, no. It's, it's, it was from City Barge. No, it was from the Bull's Head. The Beatles. Um, phone part help in there yeah i know down that tunnel next to the right. the, the tunnels next to the city barge but the but the, the, the tunnel the post office tunnel with the big metal door post but, the, Sally, yeah. but the but the but the tunnel that oliver cromwell is rumored to have used to flee royalist forces by traveling under the river to the island hence oliver's island that was the that was the bull's head they wouldn't have got much there now there was only old wellies on there when we went over there. <laughs> I've, I've always been intrigued by it were you on a drunken adventure no no I've lived in well, I've lived in Grove Park for fifty years. Mm. Um, as kids, we used to play in the river a lot. Not a wise thing to do. The state it used to be, but I would quite often now, we would walk it? over to Oliver's Island and see what we could find. At low tide, but that yeah. doesn't prove you can get to the other side, Andy. No, but because uh, it's deeper up, on the it's uh, deeper on the fast on the barn side, isn't it, or the queue side? It's de that that by the island because that's where the boats go. That's where yeah, the yeah. The, but at, at low tide, the boats ground out. They can't come into queue. 
uh, at Brentford, there is a ford across the river. That's yes, why it's called is. Brent Ford. It's where mm. the Romans came in. That's right. Um, and at, at low tide, the pleasure boats ground out. They can't turn around, so they it's don't run at low tide. And I've, I've heard them scraping the bottom of the boat, and I mean, they're flat-bottom boats, so... Presumably you, you can. Right I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a round of applause, not just because we've covered two of my favourite pubs, but also <laughs> also because I, I, you've you've fulfilled one of my ambitions. I would quite like to walk to Oliver's Island on that little stretch of the river, but I can't. I can't close the question down because you haven't reached the far bank on foot. No, I don't think I try it now either. No, I, I would, I'm not crikey. I didn't want that to sound like a challenge, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> the, tide, the tide runs too fast there. I, I think just the water would take you, no, no matter how deep it... No matter how it deep does it pelt. It pelts along, doesn't it, at yeah, a fair old pace? But it, it's probably slower the more upriver you go towards Isleworth. I don't know. But I'm going to give you this anyway, because you've, you've t- pressed so many of my own buttons. <laughs> Good work, Andy. Cheers, I'll p- probably see you there one day. Mine will be a, a pint of London pride. Alex is in Walton on Thames. Alex, question or answer? It's an answer. It's um, the absorbency of a wet cloth as opposed to a dry one. W- why would that? Why would that be? Why would a wet cloth absorb more water than a dry cloth? It seems illogical well, or I, counterintuitive. I don't think it would absorb more water. Oh. Obviously, the cloth itself has a finite capacity. But um, I think it's the fact that you've already got water molecules present in the cloth. And it's for the same reason as the meniscus. Oh, yeah. So um, where you've got the hydrogen bonds in the water that sort of draw the water's surface down to form the meniscus. Yes. You've also got hydrogen bonds forming between water molecules that you're picking up oh. and water molecules already on so the So, like, I mean, in layman's terms, it's, 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 it's magnetic it's effect of water. Strong, yeah, yeah. It's forming stronger bonds than it would with the cloth surface if it were dry because water bonds to itself very, very well. That's a brilliant answer. What are your qualifications? I'm a chemistry student. So. Well, that'll do nicely. And, and, and it, 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 makes, it makes perfect sense when you explain it like that. I feel slightly shamed that, that my qualifications involve pubs in West 4, whereas your qualifications involve hydrogen bonds and, uh, and proper grown-up chemistry. Nevertheless, it has earned you this. Thank you very much. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> no, all of it. Stay there, Alex. What's going on? Where's all... Thank you. Oh, dear. Amateur hour. <laughs> Alex, mind how you go. It's 12.57, Thank you're listening much. to... No, cheers, mate. Uh, d- d- you're listening to LBC 97.3. Uh, is that it? Have we done everything? We've done every single... Wow! Do you know what? Something awful's happened. I, I was about to start celebrating the fact that we'd gone completely definitive. Let me double-check. We've done the chamois lever. We've done tail compared. Have we got any stewards' inquiries? Any challenges? No one's walked across the Thames. That's the only thing we haven't gone completely definitive on, because Andy's only got halfway to the island in the middle. We've got one minute to find someone who has walked from one riverbank to the other completely. I can't believe it. Otherwise, we've gone completely definitive. But with one glaring error. Uh, do you know what it is? I can't believe I've let this happen. Possibly for the first time in the, uh, ever in Mystery Hour. Dan Whitehead, ask me a question, quick. Anything you like. Uh, why is cheese yellow? I, it's, 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 it's the uh, it's the it's the lactate la- lactose lact. Uh, we've mm. gone a whole mystery without me getting a round of applause. This has never happened before. I normally get millions. Richard's in Chiswick. Richard, what have you got for me? James, you can step across Thames at his source. I've got this brilliant picture of my son and I last year, uh, where we can put our foot on either side of the Thames. Oh, that's lovely. See? And it's low tide at the moment because there was a drought. Oh, you remember a drought? Yes, of course. 
not now so much, I shouldn't think. No, oh, uh, no that, that's not, I, I, that's a lovely sort of bit of history and, and, and related Londonness, but it's not, it's not, it, it, it's, he was talking about the Thames in London being swimmable. You're quite right, when you get to the source, you'll be able to hop over it. Uh, and that pub indeed was the Bull's Head. Who'd have thought there were so many Chiswick drinkers listening to this programme, as well as one presenting it?